Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I interview expats and locals from cool and interesting places. I'm here today with Anya. Now, the country we're talking about is big, huge. As a hint, it's the largest country on the planet. As another hint, it has the Trans-Siberian Railway. Okay, we should all be thinking about Russia right now. Hooray! I'm really excited to have Anya here. She has a wealth of experience in the country. She's from Russia. She's lived all over the place, from small small villages to major cities and even in Siberia. And she's going to share her tips and tricks. She'll give recommendations about the major cities like St. Petersburg and Moscow, but also take you a little bit off the beaten path and explore some of the other cool cities in this country and cool areas of this country that is just so big. So I'm really excited to have her here today. I'm really excited to learn more about Russia. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the Travel Talk podcast, Anya. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How's your day going? Awesome. It's super nice and sunny in California. I know. It's been so cold lately. Finally, it's nice. (laughs) And it's funny. I really, I think the cold is all relative, right? Well, for LA, if it's under 70, people start freaking out. So I guess. Not you though, right? Well, I've been kind of spoiled. I've been here for a decade, so. <laughs> um, how about you introduce yourself and tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Anya Singer. I was born and raised in Russia, so I guess that's why I'm here today. Um, about 10 years ago, I moved from Russia to California, to a wonderful city of angels. I've been here ever since. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And where are you from in Russia? I was actually born in Ural Mountains, which is the border between Europe and Asia and a really, really beautiful place. But then moved all over Russia. I've spent two years in Siberia, a few years in like sort of like southern European part of Russia. And I've been pretty much everywhere. You've seen it all. I had no idea you were in Siberia. Two years. Oh my God. That's the, you heard jokes about Siberia in America. Oh my gosh. If I tell people that I lived in Siberia, you have no idea what kind of questions I get asked. And yes, it was minus 40 Celsius every morning for about six months. Oh my God. What's, what's the craziest question you've gotten? Probably about polar bears. Do you have polar bears walking in the street? No, we don't. <laughs> And actually, polar bears don't even live in Siberia, where I lived. I was actually super close to the border of China, which people totally forget that Russia is so big, it borders China as well. We had a huge Chinese population and like Chinese language learning. Do you know a little bit of Mandarin? Like two words. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I think you bring up an interesting point. And like, just for our listeners, we were talking about this before we started recording. Russia is huge. It's like, where do you start in a podcast? (laughs) Russia is ginormous. Just to put it in perspective, like Moscow is not the westernmost point of Russia. And flying from Moscow to the easternmost point is nine hours all over Russia. So you're just flying for nine hours over Russia, one country. That's how huge it is. And people forget that it's also super diverse. There's a whole lot of different nationalities, different languages, cultures, religions, um, how does that, how, 
what are the implications of all of that? Do you find you get a really diverse population in like Moscow or St. Petersburg, or do these populations tend to stay in their localities? I mean, some of them do stay in their localities. And um, I think there were, especially in the early 90s, there were some issues when USSR was falling apart. Some of the like subnationalities wanted to move out of Russia and be like their own country. So you remember like Chechnya war has been going on forever. It was part of it. Uh, but I think it's getting more and more kind of cosmopolitan. And if you go to Moscow, like you can find food from all over the place, like all these different cultures in Russia. You find um, churches next to mosques. And it's just a kind of like becoming more and more cosmopolitan and diverse. Um, so if we just have a podcast for today... What, what what should we be talking about? Like, what, what I'd love to spend some time understanding what are, like, some of the key things to do as a tourist to get some of the Russia experience, and then maybe what are some of the things that are overlooked? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you kind of have to do Moscow and St. Petersburg. You just don't get the full Russia experience without those. And they're big, great cities. And they're becoming more and more international. So, like, more and more things become duplicated in um, Latin alphabet. So you can read them and you can navigate. Um, you can get, like, a local SIM card and have your phone so you can get around. It was a problem before, like, 10 years ago, when you would go to, to Moscow. Everything was in Cyrillic. I was there 10 years ago. I was there. So two- you know, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> 10 years ago, if you didn't read Cyrillic... There is no way you can get around yeah. Moscow. I was there in 2007 and I went with my husband who speaks Russian and like, thank God, because I didn't understand a thing. Like, I can't believe it's changed so much since then. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, they're embracing the international kind of global culture around the world. So now there is this Moscow city and all this beautiful malls and all these different places and all these street signs are duplicated in Latin alphabet. So you can actually read them. And thank God for Google Maps and things like that. So (laughs) you can technology. Yeah. Thank you, technology. You can actually get around. Uh, but yeah, it used to be an issue. And if you go outside of, for example, like the historical center, you might still have that issue where people don't really speak English. Um, so it's not one of those European countries where everyone speaks English. Do you think um, westernizing so much of this loses some of Moscow's authenticity? I do think so. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Moscow City. A lot of people are obsessed with it, but I think it's like... Um, a version of Dubai, like how can we make this more flashy and like more, can we put more lights on the buildings and things like that? But I do also know that in Russia right now, I don't want to touch any politics, but a lot of Russians right now are getting more and more patriotic. So there are more places that are opening up with like, like authentic Russian cuisine or more places that are embracing like other nationalities in Russia, which is like super, super cool. And I think it's amazing that it's going that way. Is it similar in St. Petersburg where um, you're having westernized um, alphabets and details there as too? Yeah, especially historical center. But St. Petersburg has got a totally different feel than Moscow. It's just a completely different city. Moscow is like very fast and very crazy and the people are running everywhere there's like all this like fancy malls and restaurants and everything is busy and kind of buzzing it never sleeps St. Petersburg has got kind of this like 
very rich historical cultural pride so people don't feel like they need to rush as much they like people who are from St. Petersburg they have this um, sense of belonging and sense of kind of pride and they're like oh I'm not gonna like be like Moscow we're not gonna be rushing around we're just gonna like slowly go somewhere we're gonna enjoy all the sites that we have all this like beautiful gardens and all these beautiful museums so I'm I kind of love St. Petersburg more because I feel more comfortable and it's like a lot more historical stuff to see but um, really, depending on what you want to get out of a trip, you can pick one or the other city, but I think you should try both. And it's really easy to do. It's only an hour flight in between. And like I know people are wary of Russian airlines, but now they're flying normal Boeings. I've tried myself. It's just as flight between LA and San Francisco, like not any different at all. And they fly like 15 times a day, each airline. So like there's not a problem to book a flight. And you can do pretty much, I think you can do both cities in a week easily. So if you're visiting the cities, um, how much of, how much of, like, ah, let me restart that. Um, when visiting both of these cities, there's a lot of elements that are being westernized. Um, are there any things to be wary of as a tourist, like um, big faux pas or definitely like absolute no-nos that when you're in those, when, when you're in those cities? Um... I guess if you're a tourist, I would probably not recommend to go into suburbs. Yeah, it's not like it's dangerous, but you can get really lost if you don't read Cyrillic. And people in general, which is like a super sad thing, but people in general look unfriendly. Like people in Russia are always kind of like looking down. There, it's not a culture of making eye contact and smiling at strangers. Like if you smile at a stranger people are going to think that something's wrong with them. Like, oh, is something wrong with my hair or with my outfit? Why is that person laughing at me? Like, and that's the mentality. So you might feel a little isolated and uncomfortable, not necessarily like for your life, but just like you're probably not going to be enjoying your time. So I would avoid that. And like, but if you stay within like the center city limits i think you're pretty much fine anywhere and um like most of restaurants nowadays they have menus in russian and in english they have uh waiters who speak english and like if push comes to shove by the way everywhere you go in russia you should get a local sim card russia does not have this whole like unified like if you are anywhere in russia you can call there's still roaming between cities so whatever city you go you should get a local sim card it's super cheap I but it just thought. makes your life different because you can have access to google maps to google translate and you can really get around a lot better i never even thought of that 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 totally is atypical to what i've what i've grown up with <laughs> Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, most countries you go to, like anywhere in the country, you can make calls. But in Russia, like you just become super expensive. For example, if you take the same SIM card from Moscow to St. Petersburg, you're going to pay like a ton of money. What about safety? Is it relatively safe? I would say, um, in especially in the historic places, it's super safe. If you want to get a little bit more adventurous, there are like big markets, sort of like bazaar type of markets. And... In those, I would watch for your pockets. But um, overall, like, if you walk around, like, Red Square or if you walk around museums, there's no concern for safety at all. There's a ton of cops everywhere, and people are just, in general, like, Russians are all about how everything's perceived and looked. Like, they don't want to look bad. So when they invite 
foreigners, when they invite like international, I don't know, teams somewhere, they want things to look beautiful and they look great. So they're not going to allow for like some petty theft to happen. Uh, so yeah, you really don't have to worry about it if you're in touristy places. So you talked. we talked earlier about how big Russia is and really committing a week to at least see these two cities. Um, if I had more time, where else should I be going? Like, I know this, like, there's that, the Siberian train is really well known. Um, is there things, do you recommend that? Or are there more um, off the beaten path things that you recommend, especially, especially since you've had that perspective? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Trans-Siberian train, everybody has this like beautiful um, view of it. But honestly, I think for I just a, a regular Western person, it would be a too traumatic cultural shock. <laughs> Because you're like literally stuck on a train without normal showers, without like normal access to food other than what you brought with you. And with people who might not be as like cultural, who might be like, I don't know, talking loud at three o'clock in the morning and there's nothing you can do about it. And that train takes seven days. It's like, it's no joke. I mean, that's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. I mean, Taking a Russian train, if you are adventurous, I love taking Russian train because it kind of brings me back to my roots and it kind of reminds me of like, hey, uh, there's there's this other side of the culture. There's like simple people who, I don't know, eat tuna on a train full of people and they think it's totally okay. Stinky but, tuna. <laughs> yes, that kind of tuna. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's like really for the adventurous people. If you want to spend a kind of more quality time and enjoy the comforts, you should probably stick to, like, bigger cities. Um, I mean, there are a few cities not far away from Moscow that are super beautiful, like Nizhny Novgorod, or you can go to Kazan. Kazan is, like, an amazing city. I've never heard of it. So it's, um, it's like, a state capital of Tatar Republic, which is, like, that's where the majority of population is Muslim, so they're like beautiful mosques and completely different. Like when you're there, you kind of get immersed into like a Russian version of Middle East because they have more bazaars. They have these different types of food that is completely like it's not something that you would be able to find anywhere else in the world, actually. And it's a di- totally different cultural experience. And it's a very cosmopolitan city as well. Do you have to know Russian to go there? I mean, um, it's also, like, there's this, they speak two major languages, Russian and Tatar, uh, but, like, center of Kazan has a Kremlin as well, like, its own version of Kremlin. I had no idea. Yeah, Kremlin is actually not only Moscow. There are I Kremlins in, like, 10, 15 cities in Russia. Wow. Yeah. But, like, in the, all, all those major cities, um, if you're in touristy areas, you can definitely get around. That's amazing. I, I really wish I did that. And you, do you just take a train there from like Moscow or St. Well, Petersburg? train probably will take a little longer. It's about a couple hour flight. Oh, so you can yeah. fly into these cities. Yeah. And like, um, actually, like Russian airways are very robust. There is like many companies that are kind of competing. So prices are super cheap and you can really easily get around by plane. Wow. That's incredible. Um, is that a relatively new thing, or is that has that also been around? No, for it's a while? always been around. Yeah, so Russia's I just always totally missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're getting more commercialized, and like when um, USSR was still around, there was only one Russian airline. They only flew to major cities, but now like you can literally fly anywhere that has even a small airport. And there's enough of demand to enable those flights all the time. Oh yeah, 
and it's just like mainly locals. Yeah, because it's becoming like so much cheaper. People used to take trains a lot more, but now since flying is so much cheaper, people just fly. That's unbelievable. Like it's just incredible. I had no idea. Like you forget, you totally forget of how how big Russia is. Oh and yeah, like, it's yeah, totally. And like another place that I'd actually recommend to see is Sochi, where um, Winter Olympics happened. Is that because of the Olympics, or would you have recommended that regardless? I would have recommended it regardless, because that's uh, one of the few places in Russia where you can actually easily access incredibly beautiful mountainside. So um, Sochi, for Russians, it's like a famous seaside resort. That's where a lot of Russians go during summer. But there are also like really high-end ski resorts that were built for Olympics, so you can really get some like really nice slopes and really nice ski lifts and enjoy a really great time on the mountainside which is beautiful in summertime as well um i'm just blown away like i think when when people think of russia or at least when i think of russia i think of kremlin you know um london's tomb you know moscow oh, yeah. it's solera can't believe it's solera yeah there was a line around the corner when i was there i, I don't think i had the guts to see it <laughs> i never had the guts to see it i'm like that's a corpse of a person what are you doing yeah. And then you think of St. Petersburg as, like, the government center and, like, all the, like, St. Petersburg was where a lot of the history. um, Um, St. Petersburg was the capital of Russia for many centuries up until pretty much Soviet Union. Isn't that where, like, the secret police were and all of that? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of everywhere, but there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I never consider the, um, these outskirts areas, um, and, it, and they're so accessible. You almost kind of envision that it's too far to go to almost. Well, yeah, I mean, it's everything, is, like, there's a lot of places, two, three hour flight away from Moscow, which is doable over a weekend. So you can do it for a couple of days, but I think it kind of makes, it's, great great to go and visit those cities because if you are in uh, moscow and st petersburg it's like coming to the states and only seeing like la and new york and then thinking then that's america and it's not really but when you go to the smaller cities they're beautiful they still have history because russia is a really old country like most cities have history and um i i think it's just great to get a better feel of the country that you're visiting that's a great point i love that analogy um, if you, there was like one like key takeaway you want our listeners to get from this podcast, what would that be? Be brave. Russia is not scary. Nobody's going to be like arresting or questioning you. Russian people are actually very hospitable. Don't get fooled by like grumpy faces in the airport. And I would actually, there was one thing I really wanted to recommend. I've had people uh, do that before. So Airbnb has this great experience thing now. Try to book a time with like a Russian photographer. So now there's like a thing uh, where you go to, like, let's say Moscow, you can hire a photographer uh, to take you on a walking tour of Moscow and take great pictures of you. So you get exposure to somebody local who's going to be like definitely friendly with you. They show you around, they explain where everything is, and then you get like awesome pictures out of it. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen so far, like I want to go and do it because like I visit Moscow pretty much every year because I have to fly there to go see my parents. But I don't think I've seen that side of Moscow that like I'm people a person who's been born in there can show you yeah they probably know the best the best spots they know the best spots they've taken all the best photos so you can just take it and frame it i love that that's brilliant 
easy way to capture a memory. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. And make it Instagrammable a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Russia is all about being Instagrammable. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thanks so much for joining, Anya. I'm, I can't believe I missed this part of Russia. Like, I feel like I have to go back and, and see that. Like, oh, you're, you're definitely shared, yeah. <laughs> um, th- is there, like, a good time I should be going? Like, is there the best time of the year? Um, the cheapest time of the year is winter. But I went I went for the new year. That was really cold. It was really cold. But like it's really beautiful though for holidays. It I was. mean, have you seen pictures of Moscow during New Year's? I was there. I was in Moscow during New Year's. Yeah, it so, was amazing. Like, this last year they had like thirty five Christmas trees on Red Square. It was just like beautiful. It's like you were in this like crazy candy land. But I personally go to Russia between May and September. That's the best time. Yeah, I think it's like it's warm. It's it's nice. There are a lot of like summer cafes opening up, and it's just a little bit more pleasant. And it's definitely warm. So awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'll have to book a flight for this summer. Yeah, you should totally go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for ha- um, for for joining us, Anya. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll we'll have to go see Russia now. Yep. Thanks, Anya, for joining us today. And for all you listeners out there, the podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please subscribe, like give us share feedback. We love your thoughts on the podcast. Our next topic is going to be about Italy with Giovanni. So please tune in.